Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. How sweet it is to be loved by you. Guests appear on the Smile Center Hotline, live from the Service Master by Cornerstone Studios, with Jeff Calkins on today's show, presented by Red River Toyota in Wynn, Arkansas, online at redrivertoyota.com. We're back with the Gabe Kuhn Show on 92.9 FM ESPN. Jeff Calkins is columnist of the Daily Memphian, also host of the Jeff Calkins Show. He is on Twitter at Jeff underscore Calkins. Jeff, how was your weekend? My weekend was relatively uneventful. Okay. How was yours? It was it was solid. I went to a a wedding. hadn't hadn't seen people in, in quite a while. Friends, family, the whole nine yards. And, uh, and I and I, as I, you watched the wedding unfold, did you did you imagine? Did you think about your own wedding upcoming? Uh, sure, maybe a little bit in the back of my mind. You know, I you know t- I, I take down notes. That's what I do nowadays. I just take down notes. Yeah, what do I want? What do I want to ditch? What do I you know? What what do I what do I like? What do I not like? You physically write down notes. I'm no, I don't. I don't. <laughs> I, I'm don't. kidding. But no, I mean, I guess I take mental mental notes. All right, here you go. Let me ask you a question. What from all the weddings you've ever been to in your life? What do you like, and what don't you? Give me something you like at a, either wedding reception, etc. Something. Oh, that's cool. Want to know what I really enjoy? I like wedding band over DJ. That's what I enjoy. That is big for me at the uh, at the uh, reception. I think you have more of a, a human connection with the actual performers up there, and it makes it it makes it a lot more fun. Band over DJ. Yes, and I think okay, also how do you feel when about- you. When you do band, you, you some of the older folks that want to get up there and have a, have a good time on the dance floor, they enjoy that music more. So I, you know, you get everybody involved. How do you feel about uh, at a reception, a uh, a place where people have assigned seating, sit down? You know, we're going to have people bring courses to you, right? Like they're going to right. bring versus uh, or even assigned seating if it's a buffet, one or the other versus. Tables, buffet, sit wherever you want. I think I think you, certain tables should be all figured out. Wedding party, family, everybody should know right. where they're going to sit. But then everybody else, all of the friends, go ahead and, and sit who you want to sit with. And I am, I you know, I, this should not come as a surprise to you, Jeff. I'm buffet. I'm buffet over bringing me I out set know. portions. I, let me let, yeah, me, I, let I, me scoop that sucker out there. Let me get as much as I want. Uh, I'm buffet and I think I'm with you. I don't, this, the notion of everybody having assigned seating is probably not my, 
I like a little more informality, let people just mill around uh, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, everyone has different, everyone th- thinks different things are significant. Oh, here's one. Do you want the person who conducts the ceremony um, to say a few words of wisdom or do yeah. you just want, like, just get to it? You want you want some advice from the person we're, who's conducting the ceremony? We're actually going to have uh, a good friend do our ceremony for us. Um, we, we, yeah, we've so known him for a while. He's got an online so, church, yes. of letters, church, of, uh, a church of the Internet uh, sort of yes. qualification. Yes, yes. So he's going to be up there conducting it. And uh, and, and I, I want him to say, like, nice words about us. It doesn't have to be religious. Just he knows us as a couple. Uh, pretty well, so I think that 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 is the that's the avenue I like the most, more than anything else. Uh, well, you get to do it. Yeah, it's, you get to design all of this, so yes. that's good. Yes. So no, I did not. By the way, I did not I was, have pen I and paper. I, I did not have pen news. and paper during the ceremony <laughs> and the reception. Unrelated news: I was sorry to see that, uh, that you're from St. Louis. Yep. No, no, no. Would you do you recall? Particularly reading Rick Hummel, Rick Hummel, long time yeah, baseball writer. Yeah, no question. Yes, yes, I, yeah, it's yeah, sad, very sad. Yeah, and you—he sort of—he—he he is from an era when, like, newspapers were king, you know. Yep. And your—it uh, was—it was in St. Louis. It was Bernie Miklas was the columnist, yep. and Rick Hummel was, um, you know, sort of a long time baseball writer, and. Those two, like Bernie's connection to St. Louis, and I don't know what it's like now. He does radio. Uh, but Bernie at the time was sort of as well-read as any columnist in any city. Yeah. You know, there are certain columnists associated with certain cities, and um, Bernie was that. And uh, um, and Rick was the, you know, See, obviously the Car- Cardinals mattered more than anything else. Yes. And, um, and, uh, and so he had an incredible run, 51 years of, you don't see that writing. as much anymore, especially with the newspaper business and everything else. You just don't see guys holding those seats for that long, especially when, I mean, Rick was a it's Cardinals. It was Cardinals, right? Like those guys, you, we have more rotation than we ever have. Well, that's the other thing. I mean, like if you now, if you're starting out in the business, there's a reasonable chance. I mean, there's some chance that you're aspiring to say, you know what? Like Adrian Wojnarowski was once a beat writer and then he was a local columnist. And then he's like, the money is in TV. And so a lot of people, uh, you know, they, 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 they they go that direction. Um, so things have certainly, Things have certainly changed. The Woj thing is interesting. How do you feel about sort of like the breaking news? I mean, because like, yeah, he has some. He'll put out some long form pieces, but not not many at all. It's I mean, him and Shams. It's it's breaking news business more than anything. Well, yeah, I mean that's sort of what journalism it, it, it now, and I, I don't even mean, I don't mean this I, I don't mean this disparagingly, right? Um, but what drives Eyeballs. And honestly, look at Gary Parish. Gary Parish was he talked. He used to talk about this all the time. He um, used to be a writer. Eh, they, they didn't really. They don't really care as much. But they care about his podcast, and they care about you know, and they and they care about um, what he'd say on TV. But but uh, Tony Kornheiser. Tony Kornheiser was a brilliant long form writer, yep. and then a really splendid columnist for the Washington Post. Uh, 
And then he's like, you know what? Uh, talk is where it's at. Yep. And as for Woj, when Woj was a columnist, he was, well, two things. One, he, he was a really great long-form writer. He, he, he wrote a book at one point on, on St. Anthony's basketball uh, in uh, the, the high school in New Jersey, I guess it is. And um, and so really good writer. And also a savage, just a savage when he wanted to be takedown columnist, sort of of the old school, right? Just would savage. And now Woj trades on being first, like on really on tweets yep. and, and, and then his commentary on TV. Like that's what, and some of it I think is incredibly useful. Um, I think if you break a story that nobody else has, honestly, like, and, and wouldn't otherwise have come out, yep. like those are the scoops that matter the most. So if you are in any kind of journalism, so if you are uncovering the, the, if you're the folks in the in Flint, Michigan, who wrote about the Flint water, the, you know the the, the poisonous water right. in Flint, like that's a scoop, and it's would it, it's it's fabulous investigative journalism. Then there's other things like in the world of sports, you know, so and so's are talking trade, whatever else you're that that those are scoops. The stuff that's totally like, come on, man, right? Like. Woj will, I presume, break the news as to Jaws' suspension whenever right. it comes. Of course, he'll break it. What three minutes before the NBA releases it? Yep. <laughs> you know, like, and and then the the, the and the and the most extreme form of that is the draft picks. Oh which is, uh, God, I hate it, Jeff. I hate it. I hate it. Can't stand it. Well, hey, they're about to announce them. Like they're literally about to announce them, and, and so. If your job is – honestly, I would hate it if I were Woj. My job is to make sure I have every draft pick minutes before they are drafted and maybe, hopefully, if you're Woj, minutes before Shams has it or seconds before Shams has it. But what's the actual – like, what's the benefit of those scoops? Nothing. Right? It, it, it Honestly, it takes away from the TV well, product, I mean, in my opinion. You just – yes. Like, during the NFL draft, um, I didn't have Twitter – I don't. I don't look at Twitter because I just would rather watch it. Yeah. You know? And and so James I, I just, was funny during the NFL draft. By the way, he guessed like he got the first two right and then got one wrong and never. Yeah, never went back James to failed it. on the NFL draft. He's like, this isn't my <laughs> this, is, this isn't my universe. Yes, it's um, not. And we there's not. And honestly, I'm telling you. As much as I enjoy and like, like, yeah, you you have these good connections and you have the, your relationships that get you these scoops. Those are scoops. I don't think people really, people don't want those scoops. People don't want to see that on Twitter before the pig, the pig is made around the NBA draft. People can avoid those. Now, like Shams, Shams broke the story that the Grizzlies were not bringing uh, Dylan back. And, um, and even though at that point it was pretty obvious they weren't bringing him back, um, if you were reading between the lines, there is a difference between reading between the lines, which is what all of us had been doing, even that very day in which we said, oh, he's not coming back. You've got to give him full credit. There is a difference between reading between the lines and reading the lines and yep. being able to say the lines. He has been told he is not coming back. That is not a that's not the same as the draft story. Like that's a meaningful story that he got. My only quibble with Shams on that one was the that he used under yes. any circumstances or under no circumstances, and it sounded like, according to his report, 
that was um, something the Grizzlies had said, whereas it was in fact something that those are Shams's words. But, but yeah, no, I'm I'm I would love to have Woj's paycheck, and I would love <laughs> to have Woj's. And I would love to have Woj's profile, like to be, he's legendary, right? right? I mean, that's, of course. that's damn impressive. I would not love to have his job. Oh, the, <laughs> like, the, you know, the, like, the workflow's got to be insane. I, I wonder how many hours of sleep a night he gets. Probably barely any. Yeah, I think it's, he probably has it, it's better than it used to be. Um, the other thing is, is that, I don't know, it, the, the way that, the way that, <laughs> Someone, there's, there's one of our listeners occasionally who asks me, how come none of the local reporters um, get, like, news on, like, yep. trades or whatever? For, and, and the reason is it used to be that once upon a time, local reporters in the NBA would get news. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean the big news, like, like right. uh, you know, I mean, Drew does a terrific job and Drew will get news and Chris will get news and whatever else. But the, the, the big trades or like that stuff, this, that will all be broken through one of the news brokers because it's what teams do. Yep. They curry favor with the, with Woj or with Shams by working with them. Yep. And, and, and every team does it. And so, in a sense, it's kind of like liberating. Focus on meaningful analysis and focus on other stuff because you know what the Grizzlies are going to do. And for the Grizzlies, it's it's through Woj. They just and honestly, if they if they gave a story to someone else, Woj would be livid. Yeah, <laughs> like well, that. and it's 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 a two way street, right? And I think a lot of these guys, the connections they've built, they do favors for them as well, like Woj and Shams and whoever they have they spin connections a with. Way. Like I, you could, that's why how you knew when Shams reported that Dylan Brooks story and people are like, huh, whose side did it come from? Did it come from Dylan's? There's no way in the world you knew instantly, honestly, that it, it didn't come from the Grizzlies because it didn't make the Grizzlies look good. And it didn't come from Dylan because it didn't make Dylan look good. Yep. Dylan's agent because it didn't make Dylan look good. In the end, when you give a story to someone, they can't make a, a horrific story look look great, but any story can be tweaked if you wish, if you wish it to, to make the, 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 the person who give, who's giving you the story, you know, look somewhat more like the hero or less of the villain in the story. Nowhere you always see the favors being done though. And I, I, I noticed this just from, from knowing people within college football, you see it in college for the coaching carousel in college football. You see guys throwing names around like crazy, whether it's Bruce Feldman. And I'm not like shaming anyone for it. You have to create connections. No, no, it's, it's, and, it's, it's, it's how it. It's how it it's works. It's just how it works. People but throw names around. Oh, that's particularly like if you're if you're doing the, uh, uh, you know, assistant coach who's apt for a list of the ten hottest assistant it, coaches. Or, exactly. Yes. Those. If you are, if you have currency in the business, and and a lot of readers, and particularly readers including people in sports administration and you include some assistant on most desirable or look, look out for this, that, that person will forever be indebted to you yes. for including you on that list. And yep. so when you want to know where they're going or whatnot, you might get, uh, you might get a little fed, a little, you know, information from us. Yeah. Now uh, up the, uh, shams and woes alley. Uh, are we ready? Are you ready for a heat nuggets NBA finals? You prepped. I am totally ready for a for a uh, Heat Nuggets NBA Finals. I wouldn't. I, I don't like. I kind of get sick of the Heat, and 
but, and, yeah, and but it's, like you have to respect what they what but they you, accomplish. Yeah. Oh, it's no, crazy. A Listen, I, I respect the Warriors um, right. and what they've done over the years. How can you not? But There's they're bothersome. You can, yeah. I respected the Patriots. How the hell could I not? Didn't make, didn't get, didn't stop me from hating the Patriots. Yeah, I get it. Or hating the Warriors, and I get a little weary of the heat culture stuff. It's incredible what they've done. Absolutely incredible. And to me, as I said on my show this morning, I think there's a couple of things that that from this postseason that apply lessons we can apply to the Grizzlies. The first is that endings are ugly. And 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 mm-hmm. so and so if you have an ugly ending to a season, as the Grizzlies did, it's it's not like you're not you're not alone in that. Most endings, a lot of endings look really deflating when they happen. And all you have to do is look at Philadelphia and their ending, yep. or the Suns and their ending, or the Bucks and their ending, or what very clearly looks to be the Celtics and their ending. Like all of those endings look hopeless, look messy, look awful, look whatever. Like they look like, oh my God, they flopped at the end. So so that's the first thing. I think people have to realize that when you were tearing your hair out, and obviously the Josh things makes it somewhat different, when you were tearing your hair out because the Grizzlies flopped at the end, and did, well, most teams do, yeah. do lose in the end. And when they lose, it mostly doesn't look great. Um, so that's one lesson. And then the second lesson that we've talked about before is, Therefore, you also don't overreact. And there you look at Denver. This is their fifth straight trip to the playoffs. And at various times, yeah, they've dealt with injury. The Grizzlies are dealing with injury. At various times, it has looked like, oh, my God, they're just not going to be. This group isn't going to be good enough to get it done. Yep. And you keep knocking at the door and you keep moving the pieces around, you know, around the central pieces and your year may happen. It wasn't last year. The Nuggets lost in the first round to the Warriors four games to one. How great did the whole future look then? But here we are one year later, and it appears they're going to the NBA Finals and probably the favorite to win the NBA Finals. Yeah, it's 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 amazing to me though because I when you compare it to what it what could have been with the Celtics and Lakers, it's it's going to be jarring. I think we should care about TV ratings, but if you win twelve damn games, and you make the NBA Finals. I, I respect the hell out of you. I'm going to watch it regardless. I I, get, I question sometimes. Would you enjoy it? I I, I would. Would you, I, like would I enjoy it more if the Lakers were in than if Denver is in? No, mm-hmm. no. I, I would. I think I would have liked like, one of the glamour teams in. You know. Sometimes I, I question, though, if people really like the NBA with the way they talk about the ratings and, like, who's going to be in the NBA Finals. Do you, do you enjoy watching the series where the Nuggets beat the hell out of the Lakers, where the Heat somehow as an eight seed beat the hell out of the Celtics? I like those storylines. It seems like not – and, I'm, again, it's not everybody always, but I think I think there's a lot of folks that, that shoot down those ideas and, and, and are already shooting out down the idea of the Heat Nuggets. Well, nobody – I mean, people generally like – competitive series so literally no matter who is playing i think it doesn't it's not it doesn't it's not great for the league to have two three oh semi you know (laughs) finals here that that clearly is not great for the league and that's quite apart from you know the fact that the that the more glamorous team is losing i guess the more glamorous team i think boston and miami is a little bit closer but i think boston's still the more glamorous team there so so yeah, you want competitive series, just like you want a competitive Super Bowl, no matter who you know who, who's in it. So I get that. 
Um, I always like it when small market teams win. And I, it, and, and of course you are struck by the fact that the difference between, um, the difference between the NFL where nobody ever says, Oh my God, can you believe it's going to be the bills of, you know, or can't, or, you know, some small market team in the Super Bowl? It's just not a factor. No, no one ever it says it because it's the Super Bowl. <laughs> it's, and, and it's the Super Bowl no matter who's in it. Whereas in the NBA, we, there's no question we will hear, Oh my God, can you believe it's going to be Denver and Miami when we could have had Boston and LA? I don't really care. I hope it's competitive. And I, you know, I particularly like a team like Denver winning, Denver succeeding, because I think if you're in Memphis, you can look at Denver and think, okay, that could be us, in the same way that you could once look at Milwaukee and think, okay, that can be us. Were you a uh, – so Mello retires today, Carmelo Anthony. Were you, were you a Mello fan? Are you a Mello fan? Does Mello really have fans? I mean, yeah, I would say so. Big lots of, I mean, New Yorkers, I guess, are his fans. Who, who are Mellow fans? Uh, I guess the Denver thing ended sour, but no, I but think they, still yeah, in Denver, Denver there's some folks. There's, he, he is not beloved in Denver. I'm quite confident of that. Well, by, um, based on the ending, but I think people enjoyed his, how he played. I think people He's, have respect fun. for his ability to score the basketball. But I don't think he is – maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I, I don't think he is some – beloved basketball player as he retires. Yeah. I'm trying to think who I would analogize him to. Um, I, I, but he, he was still a first ball, ballot guy, so accomplished. No, no, he is a he – right? And yes, still, like, and I isn't wasn't he was awesome, right? No, no was, I get it. Yeah, is he? Yeah, no, is he, Are there fans? I don't fans? think he has a giant fan base. Now okay. I've seen some some people, you know, obviously reacting to it, and um, I think he was more popular. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Just universally, when he was coming out of college, yeah, I, I will agree. Pro I, I tend to agree with that. But I mean, even without the championship, I, I think the the conversation is: it, is he underappreciated? I'd, I'd maybe a little bit, but I mean, he's well, so that, accomplished, he and he's still that goes even, to my point. Yeah, that, that he is in fact True. not appreciated, and, <laughs> and still, still over, still absolutely. Uh, I mean, exceeded expectations in his NBA career, regardless of what the expectations well, were going he, in. He, he could well have been, uh, in the alternate history department, he could well have been a Memphis Grizzly. Had the Grizzlies yep. not traded away their first-round pick for Otis Thorpe, um, <laughs> it was yep. Detroit, had that, Detroit had that pick. Detroit, this is a LeBron draft. 
yep. could have um, drafted Mello with the second pick. Detroit, in its wisdom, decided to take Darko with the second pick, and Denver got Carmelo. But Jerry West was very clear. He would have taken Carmelo uh, 100 times, uh, not over LeBron, obviously, but 100 times over 100 over Darko. I would have so, liked to see what that alternate history would have looked like. He would have forced him his way out of Memphis the same way he forced him his way out of Denver. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. That's I mean, what it we would have looked like. Well, that history is not written, so you're just, I mean, we're just going no. on the. And he did. He was a great Olympian, as we're people assuming. point out. Yes. He three three gold medals. Three gold medals. Three yeah. gold medals. Yeah, and great, great college career, too. Short college, college career, but great career. college career. But appreciate it, Jeff. We'll do it again tomorrow. Yes, sir. That is Jeff Calkins at Jeff underscore Calkins on Twitter, Daily Memphian, and from the Jeff Calkins Show. Now, let me tell you about Oxbow, the family-owned and operated retail store that's been making waves in East Memphis for over a decade. They have plenty of new arrivals coming in for the summer. Memphis-themed gifts and teas. I hope everybody took advantage of the barbecue fest garb they have, and you could go to shopoxbow.com, and you can still do it. You get 20% off if you use my promo code, The Gabe Show. That's The Gabe Show, G-A-B-E. Now, they have Memphis-themed gifts and tees, vintage vinyl for music lovers. I, I mean, if you want um, sports memorabilia, they have it. If you want hunting gear, they have it. They have everything you want, and their, and their clothing selection is fantastic. Make sure you get over there. It is off Poplar on June Road behind the Amico Station, two-story storefront. You go in there. You pat Earl on the head. Earl's a dog. He's not a human being. Pat Earl on the head, and then go on your way and get your genteel apparel. Get your uh, free fly, Fair Harbor, Duck Head, Mizzen and Main. Uh, you can get your Memphis Tigers and SEC favorites. You can get some Grizzlies gear. They have everything you want. They have everything you want as far as clothing is concerned at Oxbow. So whether you're searching for that perfect outfit, unique gifts, vintage vinyl, sports memorabilia, hunting and outdoor essentials, make sure you get to local Oxbow. They have you covered. Two ways to, to go shop there. You either go off of Poplar on June Road behind the Amico Station and say hello to everybody in there, including Earl the Dog, or you go to shopoxbow.com, and you know what you do when you go to shopoxbow.com is you use my promo code. That is the Gabe Show, the Gabe Show, for twenty percent off. Make sure you get over to Oxbow Shop, local shop, Oxbow. Now we have plenty to get to still on the show, so we'll go ahead and grab a break here, and we'll be back with more of the Gabe Coon Show next on ninety two nine FM ESPN. Guests appear on the Smile Center Hotline. Now back to the Gabe Coon Show, live from the Service Master by Cornerstone Studios on 92.9 FM ESPN. Feel is their appointed duty. They keep trying to tell me here. All you want to do is use me. Back in on the Gabe Coon Show, 92.9 FM ESPN. The boats are rolling, Connor Dunning. Showboats are rolling. Three and three. Three straight wins. We had a two million uh, for that first win. Two million viewing that. The, the, the ratings seem to be good. This weekend, did you see sort of the highlight there? 22 nothing over, over Pittsburgh. Derek Dillon with a 109-yard kick six, setting a record in the USFL. Who gets a who gets a title first, the Showboats or the Grizzlies? Oh God, why are we doing this? <laughs> I don't want to. Today on first take. Yeah, for real, for <laughs> real. But um, they're rolling right now. I mean, putting in Cole Kelly is really it's it's made them better. It's made them a better team. And I'm sorry to do that because we we love Brady White, but they have been a better team with Cole Kelly in there. They're three and three now. It looked like fun though. It looked like fun in, in Liberty Stadium uh, on Saturday. So 
Shout out. It's well like the and then by the way, Derek Dillon, special teams player of the week Incredible. in the USFL. Yes. Round of applause for our man Derek Dillon. 109 yards though as a return. I would be I would be huffing and puffing. Oh, I would pass out. I need. Like I need. I need Are you I kidding need, me? I need. I need some oxygen yeah, after that, dude. No, I'm on a softball and, you know, team. It's always. It's always rare. Like the the, the sideline oxygen in in football is one of the most underrated things ever. You all. You, you have to appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, in college, having those, especially with Norvell, the, the speed we were going at. You have like a 13 play drive. You need that sideline oxygen ready to go dude, for the big dogs. I'm on a softball team right now, as we've discussed. The Inglorious Batter. Shout out. One <laughs> yes. two games last night. Three and one on the season, crushing it. But we have joked about like needing oxygen because we're all like 27, 28 or older, and it is crushing us. Like when you have to run those bases, it actually hurts. I'm concerned for my own health. I need oxygen. If I if I do a full sprint, my my hamstrings are in danger. I have to say that right now. The breathing is actually the least of my. You concerns. injured yourself dancing. <laughs> we're, we're at that age. Game. We've <laughs> yeah, gotten to where happens. we hurt ourselves. We have to stretch before dancing. Yes, that is that is very true. You got to limber up. You got to limber <laughs> up. Um, now, also this weekend, worth mentioning, National Treasure wins the uh, the Preakness. Bob Baffert trained horse, so there's that. And then the PGA Championship. This is really worth discussing because Brooks Kepka, number five, gets number five in the in the way of of majors, and he becomes the twentieth player in men's golf history to get to five. He joins Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson as the only players to do it in the last thirty years, and also he's the first live player. To win a major since everybody defected to live golf. And Brooks Kepka, there was a time, like if you watched Full Swing, if you watched the Netflix documentary, you saw last year he had questions about his health going forward. He had a quote in there talking about not being able to compete with guys on the tour at that time before he defected to live. But he's back healthy, man, and he is playing unbelievably good golf. And down the stretch, he was a killer. He was a killer. Yeah, he gave, you know, in, in that Masters uh, final round, uh, playing relatively slow. The pace of play was tough. It seemed to get to him, and he, and he dropped some strokes, and he sort of gacked it up on that Sunday. But second in the Masters and now PGA Championship winner. I mean, I, Brooks Koepka, start to the, start to the uh, season, if you will. I mean, he's only playing the majors with uh, PGA Tour players, but really damn good, really damn good for Brooks Koepka. But I wonder how Brooks Koepka feels about Michael Block stealing the show. Michael Block, 46-year-old club pro at Arroyo Tribuco Public Golf Course in Mission Viejo, California. He's a St. Louis guy who was born and raised in St. Louis. Um, To see him, and he tied for 15th. He shot a one over. He had three straight uh, days of even par and then one over on his Sunday to get tied at 15th. The dunk he had, the, the, the hole, the ace on 15. No bounces straight into the hole with Rory playing alongside Rory. Seeing him like sort of turn to Rory and say, "Did that, Rory? Did that go in? Seriously? That actually? He thought he just hit a good shot. He knew he hit a pure shot, but he had no idea it had went in the hole. But he, the ace on 15 was was what legends are made of. But again, tied 15th, one over on the tournament. He made two hundred eighty-eight thousand three hundred thirty-three. Get this, most he ever made before yesterday at any tournament in his career." $75,000, and that was at a club professional national championship in Myrtle Beach. And, I, you know, seeing his interview after the round and just, like, how overcome with emotion he was, and obviously he earned a trip back to the PGA Championship next year, and he's, he's going to be playing a lot of tour events probably the rest of the year. But to see him overcome with emotion 
in the interview after the round, and, and he's crying, and he's saying, it's not gonna, he said, it's not going to get better than this. It will not get better than this. To see that, man, I love that pure, raw emotion from guys that, that really have not been able to get over the hump and, and do what they want to in their professional careers. But like I, I, the average club pro at a public course in the United States of America is fifty grand. Now, he may make more than that. It's very possible he does. But $288,233 in one outing. <laughs> Once again, man, sports are poetic. It's yes, the best thing about sports. God, I, awesome. I, I, it, it just—he—he he seems to carry himself the right way. Brooks, after the round, said, "I hear you're buying drinks." So I would be like, "Hell no!" No, <laughs> hey, brother, you just got the million, you got the whatever million dollar check. You're yeah. buying drinks, and you have a lot more money than me. That that live check, probably. I don't know if it's cash yeah. yet, but you yeah. should. You I read should the be, news. Yeah, you should be. You should be grabbing checks, but. Michael Block, I think uh, he made a lot of fans. He made a hell of a lot of fans. I just, I love the quote. Why is Rory hugging me? <laughs> because he didn't know that it went in. Did you, did you see before the Sunday round when he was told he was going to play with he Rory? Was like, oh, man. He's like, no way. Yeah, you're kidding me. You're kidding. And he also said when he was playing with with Justin Rose over the weekend, he didn't want to look up at Justin Rose because he's been a fan for so long and he feel like he felt like it was going to affect him in the moment. He did not want to look at Justin Rose of all people. He said he looked at his feet for the first three holes. So That's fantastic. Shout out to Michael Block, man. That was that was a sight to behold and enjoyable as all get out. I mean, enjoyable as hell to see just the 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 raw emotion he was showing in that moment. Now, uh, transitioning from something uh fun to something that's a little bit uh hater. We have a hater in Pittsburgh. Big Ben, did you see oh, what he said? I did. On footballing, B-A-H-L, um, uh, footballing, he had Kenny Pickett as a special guest. And we know Big Ben. I mean, we, two two Super Bowls, six-time uh, uh, pro bowler, a legendary guy, first, first ballot Hall of Famer in all likelihood, one of the best of his generation, never really got the all-pro nods because, you know, you have Tom Brady working alongside of you, that type of thing. But he's talking about Kenny Pickett and, and what he thought of Kenny Pickett early on. And he's, he's, Kenny's right there. He goes, early on, I didn't want you to succeed. That w- those were the exact words that came out of Big Ben's mouth. You know how much of a hater you have to be <laughs> to, after a long-storied whatever-year career it was, two Super Bowls, leading the, the Steelers into the new era, Mike Tomlin, the whole nine yards, never having a losing season. After all that, you're still worried about the guy after you, coming after you, having a lot of success. Why? <laughs> I find, now, granted, I, I think it's cool to be able to admit that in the moment, but you got to be a, a different type of hater. Well, my thing to is, have is that like, you don't get credit for that, though, dude. Like, he doesn't get credit for being like, I like you now. You're it's like, also, okay, and? Ben, ben you're stamped, <laughs> man. You're stamped. Yeah. Get that let, fr- let, fragile let, ego yeah, out of here. Let Kenny, let Kenny accomplish what he needs to accomplish. But he said, you know, we got to games three and games four. I started rooting for you. You know what happened? He saw the glove. He saw that Kenny wears gloves, and he said, Kenny he, two he, gloves? He, it's bar for bar. He's doing me bar for bar. <laughs> he stole my whole flow, He man. stole my whole flow. <laughs> Golly. But Big Ben, hater of the year award. He gets hater of the year. Um, now, small talk is going to be upon us, and we have to talk about the, the chival war, the civil war that's going to take place for the last ever episode of succession and there will be spoilers there will be spoilers right here on the Gabe Coons on 92.9 FM ESPN 
Guests appear on the Smile Center hotline. Now back to the Gabe Coon Show, live from the Service Master by Cornerstone Studios on 92.9 FM ESPN. Whiskey lovers, listen in very closely. Very closely. We have a Tennessee whiskey that is unlike any other. It's a Memphis whiskey, and that would be Old Dominic Tennessee whiskey. I'll tell you why it's Memphis whiskey, though. If you're, you know, on the weekend, um, even throughout the week, if you're watching some ball and you want a good sip, go get that Old Dominic Tennessee whiskey. But it is made right here in the heart of downtown Memphis. First whiskey to be distilled, barreled, aged, bottled in Memphis since Prohibition. Since Prohibition, it is Memphis whiskey. It truly is unto its own, and it's available all around Memphis. Retailers, uh, you can get it at your favorite locally owned restaurant. It's in Arkansas and Mississippi for for our our extended listening audience. You can make sure you get it and all of their great products wherever you are at. And I, I have to say, I, the flavor is great. You can get you can drink it neat. You can put it on ice. You can mix it with ginger ale, with whatever you want to do. Whatever you want to do, and that's because it is made with maple sugar charcoal distilling. So it's going to be subtle. It's going to have a nice sweet note to finish. You're going to love it. You're going to absolutely love it. They also have a stepped-up version, the Bottled and Bond, which I've latched onto. It's the Blue Bottle. It's the Blue Bottle. Check that one out as well. But don't stop there. Head on downtown to their distillery. It is state-of-the-art. Witness firsthand what makes them so special. Whether you're stopping in for a refreshing drink while exploring Memphis, joining them for a tour and tasting, um, trying to find out what they have, on the weekend for a special event, wedding, wedding reception. The rooftop is beautiful. Check in with them. OldDominic.com is where you can find all of those details. You can book that tour and tasting. You can check out their event schedule. But also, Old Dominic is the official spirit of the Memphis Grizzlies. Look for that Tennessee whiskey and all of the other great products. Get a nice craft cocktail at FedEx Forum, two different bar locations. They do it for you. They try to handle it for you when you're enjoying a concert, a game, a comedian, whatever's there at FedEx Forum. But... Two ways I want you to uh, go check them out. Um, OldDominic.com is is the main is the main spot, but also go down to the distillery. Go down to the distillery. Old Dominic Distillery, come say hi. All right, Connor Dunning, let's hop into small talk. Here on 92.9, we talk ball every weekday from 4 till 7 p.m. Except right now. It's time for Big Man Small Talk on 92.9's Gabe Kuhn Show. And Small Talk is presented by the Memphis Touchdown Club. Um, No more speakers, though, in their speaker series. But if you want to reach out, be a part of the Memphis Touchdown Club, it's very easy. Go to MemphisTouchdownClub.com. They have all the information there. But right now, uh, who we had on earlier, Greg McElroy, is speaking in front of all of the uh, the folks, the fine folks there at Hilton Memphis. Now, Connor, I'm getting already early. I'm getting the 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 post series depression. Yes, from Succession because how good has this series been, man? We're we're getting through season four here. We have one more, the season and series finale, Church and State episode nine was unbelievable, and you see the Civil War that's about to break down. Uh, it's about to go down between all of the Roys. Waystar Royco in the future is up for grabs. You got Siobhan, and you have uh, her with, with Matson. Gojo. With Gojo. Uh, he's, he's beefing the numbers up um, in, in, the, in the Southern Asian, uh, in Southern Asia. And also you have Roman, and you have Kendall. I'll say this, and this was my one big takeaway from episode nine before we, and there's some people saying there's still more story to tell. I think you can tell the final 
iteration of the story in season, in, in episode 10. I think it could cut off right there because you're really going to see where Waystar Royco goes. You're going to see whose hands it's, it's in. Um, one thing I took from this episode, and obviously this was their father's funeral, uh, and one thing I took away from it, Kendall Roy, the character arc, the character, what he's done to reconcile and make his character great in one episode. He did more help for his character long-term than he did through three and a half seasons. It's unbelievable to see where he's at. I mean, you had you had Roman up there just complete crying, falling over himself, trying to talk about his he father. He pre-grieved. He pre-grieved. He pre-grieved, and then he, you saw he did not grieve even remotely. Um, but then Kendall got up there and saved the – save the show completely, and Kendall's going to have to try to save it and keep it in their hands. It's been interesting to watch Kendall because, like you said, he is becoming a better candidate for the succession. And ultimately, yeah, ultimately I always thought it, it was him, him, man. Yes, but what I'm saying, though, is that— You know, the, we said in draft day. The, the, the tough part of it, the tough part of it, though, Fonte is that— Mack all the way, Kendall Roy all the for way. For him to become the prime candidate to be the successor— he has descended into darkness even more. He is almost cosplaying as his father. And what I thought was really, really great about this episode is how, you know, Ewan's, Ewan's speech, Uncle Ewan, his yeah. speech really was describing what Kendall was kind of going through in the moment, like how he treated the women in his life that day was yeah. what Ewan was saying. And it was really interesting to see the parallels of him and his father throughout this episode and him almost pretending to be Logan in moments with people because he thinks that's what he has to be. And then the crumbling of Roman, which we all knew Crum- was coming. Yeah, of course. Greg still has it. He's, yeah, still, he's yeah, still there. Yeah, crazy Greg. Greg might. Hey, man, front right. And Tom. Tom, Tom, Tom didn't show pad. up until the end there. It's just there's so much that is set up for the next episode. I thought the mother stuff between Shiv, though, and, and the mother was the best part of the entire yeah, and, episode. And, that and, one and little one my, scene was this, my favorite part. The scene also with everybody walking up to – prospective presidential like Jared Mankin, right? Like everybody walking up to him at once because they're all so desperate. It's, they all have their own angles, and they're trying to get him, the president, to either follow it, whether they're blocking the Gojo deal, whether they're going to push the Gojo deal through. Everyone's trying to angle. and, and They're trying to even sell their despite, soul to the devil. Even despite the family ties, they're trying to get their own. They're trying to be selfish in the moment. That was one of the best scenes, in my opinion, of the entire episode. Yeah. They all are just being so selfish and trying to serve their, their self in that moment and at the detriment of everybody else. Well, so. at the detriment of their own morals. Yeah. They're out the window. I don't, I'm yeah. not sure if they had any to begin with. Yeah, I was going to say. They're this, all horrible this, people, this, but I was, still. I was going to say, yeah, this is not a. Shiv specifically, though. You can feel her moral. There's no style. real moral compass in this entire no. in this entire series. But, hey, it is what it is. Now, uh, we have some Tiger Talk to get to. We'll do it on the other side. Parth Yai is next. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.